From the Hill Country in Texas, broadcasting worldwide, this is OneRadioNetwork.com. Well, a very pleasant good afternoon to you. Uh, this is Patrick Timpone, back for our second show today. I hope you enjoyed the show with Fred Jashevsky, understanding how the big money game works. Uh, the first Wednesday of every month, we are live here on Groundhog Day, February 2nd, 2022. And there's no truth to the rumor that the globalists tried to shade Punxsutawney Phil so he could come up with a forecast that they could blame on global warming. No, just a rumor, but I'm not going to spread it around. <laughs> no, no truth to that. We're going to have fun this, uh, this uh, afternoon as we're a little bit after 12 Central Time and talk with Anton Shaitkin. Yeah, he's been on before. It's been a couple of years, though. And uh, we love talking about history, trying to talk with folks like uh, Matthew Errett, who uh, is also a friend of Ant- Anton, and uh, understand, you know, history, at what really happened, not what they teach in public schools. He's a historian, and uh, he's the author of Who We Are, America's Fight for Universal Progress from Franklin to Kennedy. He's uh, concerned these days about uh, what the globalists who are controlling whoever, controlling Biden, and what's going on with Russia and China that we're going to talk about as well. Mr. Shaken, good afternoon. How are you, sir? Whoops, got you. So I got your microphone. How are you? Good. Nice to have you. Good, good. Yeah. Uh, I hope that you are uh, thriving in an atmosphere that's uh, a little thick with you know, war propaganda and, and uh, you know, we're one-party state at this point, so. Yeah, well, let's dig right into there, and then we're going to go back, because I, I, I love the, the latest article you sent us, and we're going to post this one as well as we did our your first one about uh, Lincoln and, and Roosevelt and JFK and uh, these folks and what their idea was, and we're going to find out of how we got to where we are. But let's dig right into Russia so, of course, the, the meme out there right now, sir, is that Russia wants to invade Ukraine, and it's the United States' job to make sure that doesn't happen. I mean, that's what we're being told, right? In your opinion, what is really going on? I think that States is, has been pursuing a war drive that has only recently been directly concerned with Russia and China. Uh, The the longer term things started uh, a few decades ago Mm -hmm. uh, after the death of Kennedy Mm. when we gave up our former way of life. Uh, And uh, we now have two countries, in particular Russia and China, China leading the way, who are doing in terms of industry, technology, and science. I'm talking about basic industries, steel mills, space program, Mm -hmm. uh, high-speed rails, building cities, uh, raising uh, hundreds of millions of people out of poverty. What the U.S. used to do, Mm. what we used to do as a way of life. And so these two countries now driven to be allies to protect themselves and to protect their sovereignty are being attacked by a uh, 
Anglo-American faction, war-making faction, that cannot tolerate the rise of new powers and a new system in the world. Mm. The system is used to be our system. We've we've spun ourselves around and we're attacking the something that is the closest thing to resembling what we used to do in the world. Interesting. Wow. Yeah. And I think that the way that people how how can you wrap your mind around what's going on? Look at the world outside of England and America. Okay. If, you, if you're just stuck inside those two countries, you're not going to see anything. How does the world see the USA and England, particularly the USA now? You have two crazy things coming from the United States. One of them is called woke. Woke. Right, where the new idea about equality, I think equality is a wonderful idea. That's, our, that's the whole idea of our country, is, is to uplift the common man and give him a chance to have a decent life. Uh, but that idea has been thrown out the window. Woke is about uh, the right to change your sex or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not about uplifting uh, the black population that is being uh, oppressed ever since slavery because it's about white racial attitudes, not about changing the actual status of anybody or uplifting. So one of the things is this woke insanity. The other thing is war, a constant drive for war, setting up military bases all over the world, having wars in Africa, in the Middle East, in Asia, setting up bases and fleets all around China and Russia. And half of the crazy part of this is that we couldn't defeat Russia and China in a war. They are outstripping us in terms of military technology. What's the reason for that? We gave up our way of life, which was to be the industrial supreme country in the world. That's what gave us our success. Uh, that's what's missing in our country. How do you tie together this woke insanity and the war, war drive? Hmm. It seems like those might be coming from two different political perspectives. The woke is supposed to be left, and the war makers are supposed to be right wing, right? I guess that's the way the traditional language would right see in it. the past no, yes. it's the same, same it's the same thing what, what's missing we had a way of life which was industrial power the power of our skilled workers and our uh, industry and our, our managers and our scientists and our farmers power over nature to control nature and to look at the mysteries of nature to promote real production. This gives you a skilled population. It gives you the basis for paying good wages. This is the, this is the real foundation for the family, the nuclear family. That means that the father, mother, children, and other relatives that are in there with that same family, yes, maybe sir. another generation. Yes, and this is where you get family values. It's based on putting a value on working people, on labor. Do we value labor? Well, one way you can sh- be sure to be va- to value labor 
is to constantly increase the investment in uh, what we call capital intensive industries, where there's more machinery, more skills, more varied skills, so that everybody has their own individual skill. They're good at it. They remember your your grandparents who could build their own house, sure. or if they're in a factory, they could build a locomotive, take it apart, and put it back together. Those kind of skills were the heart of America's way of life. We gave that up, that idea. And that's the idea of progress. So we gave up that idea after the death of Kennedy. And we've been going backwards ever since then. Yeah, many people have been on the shows over the years suggesting that there is a, a real reversal, if you will, a turning point with Kennedy's murder assassination. Um, was it was it Mr. Chaikin, the people that were responsible for it? Are they the ones that are have been running the show from afar ever since? Or what's your opinion? Yes. Yeah, that's that's the general idea that oh. you you see in his. I've written about this. You see that yes. in not only in during his presidency, but long before that, you see this Anglo-American transatlantic faction doesn't believe in national sovereignty. They don't believe in raising the population to its skilled work. Uh, when they do imperial adventures in Africa, for example, they didn't invest in building factories there and modern cities and universities that would give them a skilled labor force. It wasn't just to make money. It was power to keep everybody else backward. So this this gang, and what, what's now called the intelligence community, which was mm. really invented around the time of Teddy Roosevelt. It's not, a, it's not for American interests. It's for this clique, this transatlantic clique. So they're the ones pushing this new agenda, which includes war. First war was the was the Indochina War, uh, Vietnam. Mm -hmm. But if you go back to the greatest leaders, and this is what's in my recent article, uh, America betrays its heritage by uh, by threatening World War III against Russia and China. Go back to George Washington. In his farewell address as president. He said that a country that bases its foreign policy on hatred against a particular country is a slave to that hatred. It will not fulfill its duty to its own people. It will not go after its own interests. We had this back at the time of the original founding where some people were pro-British and some people were pro-French when the British and French were fighting. And Washington said, our interest is to be friends with all the countries and to build up the United States hmm. as a, an independent and sovereign power and, and, and be able to uh, take our place in the world as an example of what a free country can do. But you have, to, you have to have a goal of the progress that I've been talking about. So he warned against foreign wars. Abraham Lincoln, I uh, have a wonderful quote from him he, just before he became president. He gave a speech to a group of farmers out in Wisconsin. And he said that civilized countries have made laws against robbery and murder. When that's done against your own people, 
but they somehow think it's okay to rob, murder, and enslave foreigners, people that you don't know, strangers, uh, and that's even a, a high merit, and they be, they're praised for that. So he said, Lincoln said, it would be the great task of civilization to correct this evil that comes from the lack of sympathy for other countries. I'm not talking about sending our jobs to another country. I'm talking about having mutually beneficial trade, which we gave, we, we gave that idea up a long time ago, along with tariffs. It's not just about tariffs. It's about seeing yourself as a human being. Yes, sir. Are we human beings? Are human beings are greater than animals. They have a soul. They have a mind. They have reason. They're made, as all of these great leaders thought, they're made in the image of the creator. Yes. And that means some, that you have to put a value not only on each individual person, a baby or whatever, but a value on labor. You have to highly value labor. You have to build up the power of labor to produce. Then you had uh, Franklin Roosevelt. Now, he is criticized by conservatives, I guess, uh, who confuse him with one-worlders. He wasn't that at all. He believed in national sovereignty. And he thought that the great powers of the world, whose governments he never agreed with, so what? It's none of our business. <laughs> as long as we are a great power, and we have friends in other countries for their own interests as well as ours, then we should work together. And he named Russia, China, Britain, and the United States should be partners after World War II to uh, do uh, poverty fighting and buildup of industry and to preserve the peace. The United Nations was, was developed for that. Now the United Nations pursues other goals or pursues no goals. But uh, then you have John Kennedy. Now, Kennedy uh, was, came into office with this intelligence community already in the hands of these globalist uh, uh, people who had, had always hated the idea of an independent U.S. They, they tried to set him up with Cuba, you know, the Bay of Pigs. Yes, they tried sir. to set him up in a number of ways. Yeah. Uh, and Kennedy, uh, by the time he'd gone through a couple of years, determined that he was going to act really as a kind of president like FDR and Lincoln and Washington were. He, he, he really intensely studied the American Revolution. And he said, no country like the Soviet Union, that's when Russia was communist. No country, as much as we don't like communism, no country is so evil that the people of that country shouldn't be seen as having merit. He talked about the 20 million Russians that died in World War II on our side. And he talked about their great accomplishments as a people and said, we've got to make some deals in our mutual interests, like to scale back nuclear weapons. Uh, Martin Luther King, he's talked so much about, they just had a holiday. They don't mention what he did in his last years, and I think got him assassinated, is that he broke with this crowd, this Anglo-American crowd, 
the, the theme was the Vietnam War, but he was talking about the change in America after the death of Kennedy. He survived Kennedy by five years. And he said, what the United States is doing is destroying its soul to make these wars. Hmm. Uh, we need to build up the United States. He wanted to industrialize the South. Uh, so, and then he had a poor people's campaign. That was uniting white and black. But he was anti-war. Now, is that is that a woke liberal? No, there's no anti-war movement in the United States. What happened to that? There's, it's just there, there, what, what happened right after just the thing that really wrecked it was right at the end of uh, Kennedy's life. When people were protesting against the Vietnam War, they got totally off the track and started attacking the United States and its past and saying the United States was never any good, never did any good in the world, which is stupid. It's wrong. Instead of saying we got off the track to get into this foreign war, we even said to Ho Chi Minh, you should go with the communists. Don't be on our side. They, when they declared Vietnam an independent country from the French, they took their stuff from the Declaration of Independence. They asked the United States to put them under a trusteeship. Truman said, no, we're going to be with the French. They need to be put back in charge after Japan lost them. Wrong. Why aren't we looking out for our own interests and the interests of, 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 of decent progress in the world? That's what's happened. That's why we're in this trouble. And we're up against countries that we cannot defeat, and we're headed for a war with them. Why, why, why do that? It's suicide. Uh, we're talking with Anton Shaitkin. His latest book is called Who We Are. We have, and we'll put the other one up, uh, two interesting articles that he wrote uh, on this subject on OneRadioNetwork.com. If you have a question or a comment, you can join us as we're live here this afternoon, February 2nd, 888-663-6386. Email Patrick at one radio network.com so you you call these anglo what's your term for them sir is anglo anglo americans anglo americans can we say that in in uh, in easy terms these would also be what we know as globalists today the the klaus schwabs and the world economic right. forum people uh, mil yes. military it's industrial complex big pharma the whole crowd right the whole that's right that's a, that, that that's based on a model an economic and political model that's in that's always been in opposition to the U.S. sovereign nation republic idea, mm -hmm. and and basically it is that the purpose of economics is to enrich people with money. That's their idea. Our idea <laughs> is that the purpose. The American idea was that the purpose of economics. Or, or, or of an economy or of a nation is to improve the life of the people who live in the country. The only, the only excuse for having a government is that it serves the interest of the people who live there. That, that, was a true, that was something that was understood as being true even when they were kings. A king was judged in any civilized country. A king was judged on whether he served the interest of the people that he was the government really? of. And they, it, in, in, any, in any society, that was, the, that was the, the idea of justice. That justice is 
uh, having respect, two-way respect, respect of parents for their children and children for their parents, respect of the ruler for the public and the public for the ruler. Hmm. Now, we, we, in a republic, we elect our rulers. That's the idea of it. We have to have respect for those that we put into power. They have to respect us. But the problem is uh, we don't have a set of rulers today who, are, uh, who have any idea how to serve the interests of the people. They, 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 their, their purpose is not is not even related to that. They don't. They, 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 all of the discussions that are going on are are based on uh, uh, political gossip uh, and attacks, where the issues, for example, of war and peace, the issue of economic progress, all of these things are just left out of the main uh, discussion. So there is no such thing as confidence or respect for the government. What would happen if people ran for office based on an appeal to the working population that they could uh, restore the industry of the United States and the, and the respect of countries around the world to us as a great industrial power? Why shouldn't we be friends with these other countries? Every country. Yeah, but wouldn't... Uh, uh would they? Would these people ever even let him in? I mean, with Trump, with all his faults, I mean, he was talking about a lot of things that you're talking about with uh, sovereignty and national, and, and getting rid of the UN and getting out of the Paris Treaty thing. But he boy, was hinting at it. Yeah, he only hinted. Oh, at I know, but they, they ran him out of office, though, right? No, I, mean, I know that, but you you're, you have to expect that when you start going on the right track, you're going to be attacked. Yes, sir. So how do you then proceed? Do you backtrack and let the neocons take over your government? What if you say, well, if you keep going, they're going to assassinate you? Well, that's too bad. I mean, you have to that, you go. You start you with that. Do it. You start with that. <laughs> and then in order to protect yourself, you have to go way beyond what they expect you to do. You have to go farther in that direction. Yes, sir. That's the only way to protect yourself. That's it. Because then you get the public on your side. The, the first thing that has to be done is, uh, is anybody who is a serious leader has to talk about what happened to the United States. So, you could begin with the Kennedy assassination. You don't need to say anything about who shot him. You have to say what changed after he died. And was it a good idea to do it? We gave up our industries. We went to China. Why did we go to China with industry? Because somebody loved China? Was an agent of China? No, we wanted them to work cheap for us and undercut American workers. That's not a good idea. China judoed it. They built up their own industries. Why don't we build up our industries? We made a mistake to have what's called a post-industrial society. But can it be argued that that perhaps you know I'm not I'm not that I'm some big Trump fan that he was going to save us, but I mean I think it's obvious that they rigged this election and he lost. That these people just there's no way where they were going to let him in there and continue to be. 
I don't. I don't agree. You don't agree. I think that, no, I think that the the pursuit of that last election as a as a uh, as a fraud is a deep mistake. How, why is what that? Needs, because what needs to be done is you have to get out of this imposed divide in the population. Right now, there's a, I, I there's a split yeah. in the United States. What is the interest of the actual population of the country? What unites the, 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 the population? Freedom uh, and, over, and be able to take care of your family? Let me give you, yes, you got to take care of your family. That's it. Right? That's it. And, and, and if you're going to talk about the people who say they're, they're worried about family values, conservatives who say they're worried about family values, they don't like homosexuality or, or abortion. Right. What are you going to do for the family? The le- take, take infrastructure, for example. Uh, they had this bridge collapse when Biden was going to go out to Pittsburgh and he was going to talk about uh, infrastructure. Uh, and so then in the article, they said, we're going to investigate what caused the bridge to collapse. What a joke. For 50 or 60 years, we made a decision as a country to be bankrupt and not invest in any, in any real economy. And so our, 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 our bridges and our roads and our trains and our, our everything else is backward, is broken. So what do liberals say about that? Well, we don't want to violate nature by building things. What do conservatives say about it? Well, we don't want to spend money needlessly. That's an individual decision. Wait a minute. China's building high-speed trains and cities and nuclear plants and coal plants and everything else all over the world. What planet are we living on? What if you tried to appeal to the interests of the population of the country? Don't you think they would respond to that? They always do. Yeah. No politician right now is standing up to this war drive or to this stupidity about infrastructure from both parties. You know, somebody in the Democratic Party will change the subject of infrastructure to bring about bring up something else. Well, there are there are other needs. We, we the workers need a higher income, but you need and high wage jobs in order to provide such an income. Uh, so, I'm I'm just saying that when you're attacked, when you're threatened with assassination, when you're censored, you have to go farther off of the track of the current controversy. Trump didn't go out of that controversy. He accelerated the controversy. We have the same interest as Mexico. Which side is saying that? What's our common interest with Mexico? To build high wage industry on both sides of the border. What if Mexico had high wage industry and became an industrial power? How would that affect us? It would help us tremendously. Of course it would, yeah. They couldn't undercut, they wouldn't undercut our jobs and they wouldn't want to come here. Why should they have to flee their own country? Is it possible that we've got into a situation, I, I don't want to paint a bleak picture, but uh, 
that these people that are running things now in Biden and whatever they did with this election, maybe it was whatever, that they have enough control, sir, that they're not going to let anybody in that's even close to what you're talking about? I mean, no, I don't think that's don't think the right so. way to look at it. Really? No. The, the problem is, is, is deeper than that. It's not just about controlling who's going to get elected. Uh, the problem is that no one in public life today, or with very few exceptions, is addressing the deepest problems of the country. Uh, it, it, part of that is because the current generation doesn't understand where prosperity comes from, where a nation, how a nation builds itself up. They lost that whole idea. Your grandparents understood that better than you do. But supposing somebody today breaks out of this two-party uh, 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 debate, debating about things that are may be important. Some of them are not important. I don't think that it's very important discussing whether somebody ought to change sexes. I think you could just drop that discussion altogether. Yes, sir. All right? Hmm. But uh, the other things like abortion, like uh, uh, the uh, blacks not having, uh, not being uh, killed by police officers who are, you know, trigger happy. These are important things. But we have a basic problem in that the country is now uh, uh, based on the idea of stopping the progress of this and other countries. As a rule, there's something called the rules-based international order. You mentioned Klaus Schwab and the, the set, uh, it's Geneva and so forth. Mm -hmm. So th this is the globalist idea. What's the rule? The rule is that no country can raise itself up deliberately to have a higher standard of living and use more resources. And that all the countries have to admit the power and, and allow the full power of international banks that are offshore that are basically criminal enterprises. You can't have borders you can't control narcotics. You can't control the flow of money. You can't control anything. And you can't invest in industry because, according to them, it's against nature or it will cause global warming. So the rule is that Russia, China, Iran, and other such countries are violating this rule against progress. They're not allowed to have progress, and neither is the USA under this rule. Go to England. Look at England's history, recent history. Margaret Thatcher, the so-called great conservative, was the one who shut down England's coal industry and introduced the idea that governments need to police global warming. That was her, her thing, along with the British monarchy and these other organizations. They said Britain should just get its coal from Russia. Who in Russia is going to give them coal? Well, they put a bunch of billionaires into Russia to steal all their raw materials. And what were they going to do with those raw materials but put them into England so they could undercut the, the British coal miners? That's the so-called Tory idea. Mm -hmm. We had a revolution against that back in 1776. 
we said our interest as a country is that we should have our own manufacturing. We should decide who we're going to, how we're going to trade. And we're not out to go and have a war against anybody. If they invade us, we'll fight them. We had to do that in the in the revolution and the war of 1812. And in the Civil War, it, the, I'm sorry to say for our Southern friends that the, 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 the most radical of these uh, they were called filibusters, people that that uh, went to invade Cuba or Mexico to try to spread slavery. They're the ones that attacked the United States in 1860. So, the, 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 but the idea of the United States from its founding was the right of each people, each country, to develop itself as a power with more power over nature to uplift its people. What was the reason, what was the problem we got into with the Indians? We were immigrants into a new, a new place, was already occupied, not, not with as many people as, as we were going to bring in, but it was already, this space was already occupied. We wanted to change the way of life. It was up to us, if we have a better way of life, to give the Indians a hand to participate in that way of life. Our best leaders wanted to do that. The worst of them said, let's just have a war with them. And those people who said that were not the ones who built up the USA. I'm sorry, you can track this down. Anybody who wants to have a war on some other people is never the people who are actually building up your industry and your science and your living standards. The way this works in history, and that's the whole point of my book, Who We Are, America's Fight for Universal Progress. You have a, a, a sets of leaders throughout our history who are looking for the progress of our people. Some of them are, in, in a few of them were presidents. A lot of them were in other government posts. Some of them acted in the private sector uh, or other kind of leaders. But these are the people who uh, put the interest of the future of mankind, and our, starting with our country, but also within, in the other countries, put that first. And they were the ones who said, let's not have wars. We need a strong military. Some of them were military men. But that military is both for defense and for scientific power. And that was the idea of our country. From the very founding, all of the greatest leaders of our country the ones we had to fight against to build up the power of the United States were Southern, were the most radical leaders of the Southern uh, slave uh, plantations, particularly the Virginia plantation lords, who never really liked having the American Revolution, hmm. even though some of them participated in it. They said, well, this is not really a change. We're still part of the British Empire, really, but we'll have a nominal, we'll have our own government, nothing's really going to change. Well, our revolution said, no, we don't agree with that. A republic is different than that. Uh, we're talking with Anton Chaitkin. His book is Who We Are. I suspect that's available most places these days. Uh, you can order it in any bookstore, oh, or cool. if you don't mind going through Amazon, you can get it right away. Yeah, I'm a bit of a hypocrite. I don't, I'm not a globalist fan, but I use Amazon, so I'm working on that. Uh, stay right there, sir. We're going to do a quick break. and. <laughs> And then we'll and then we'll continue with the conversation. Here's physicist, biologist, chemist, Dr. Gerald Pollack 
on far infrared saunas. Infrared uh, energy is what builds this fourth phase of water. And the idea of a sauna, you know, you go in and you sweat and you, you receive this infrared energy and you feel great after you, uh, after you come out. I felt uh, the same and so have so many people. And most of us think, well, you know, it's just uh, some sort of psychological issue and it, 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 it might be. However, Experimentally, we know that infrared energy builds the fourth phase. Your cells should be are, or should be filled with this fourth phase, but, uh, but you know, we're, we tend to be somewhat dehydrated uh, and missing some of this, this fourth phase. And so what happens is if you subject yourself to infrared, the infrared is absorbed by your body, absorbed by your cells, and it converts ordinary water to fourth phase water and then you feel better how cool is that i think it's pretty cool myself we love this uh this unit i think you're going to find it one of the more fascinating uh, um uh, things that you can do to help your body detoxify with all the various things we have going on and we won't get into what those are but you know what they are and you know it's in the food and the air and the water and and um so we are constantly uh, trying to ongoing detoxify from heavy metals and from you know from stuff that gets in there uh, through through the air and the water and the food and it's just part of uh, living on planet Earth these days and it's just the way it works and so we have known for a long time that sweating is a, is one of the most uh, miraculous ways to detoxify from everything. These little units uh, you fit right in your home. You see a picture here of them. Of them, If you're watching on video, it's a personal unit, uh, incredibly low on EMFs. There's just some magnetic energy moving around. Nothing to worry about. It's just pretty cool, pretty cool stuff. And you just sweat. And they've actually have studies. Now, this is cool. They've actually had studies where they have taken a urine sample before you go into this sauna, and it shows how much mercury and other metals that go out in the urine, and we're always excreting mercury, and, you know, with coal-fired plants or whatever, uh, uh, always excreting them throughout the urine. You go in the sauna, and after 30 minutes, did you do another test, and this has been proven, this test, you're actually excreting more mercury and metals out in the urine that you did 30 minutes ago. So that means that not only are heavy metals and, and stuff like that, toxins, chemtrails, who knows what's in there, is excreted through the skin through sweating, but also excreted through the urine. So it's pretty cool. These uh, units are available only through emailing me, Patrick, at OneRadioNetwork.com, and you do this by getting the best price ever, twelve ninety five delivered in the lower 48 1295 delivered lower 48. Just email me, Patrick, OneRadioNetwork.com. This is a unit, well, that we've been using for about two years now. Check it out. Previously, with the highly credentialed Dr. Thomas Levy, he argues because the literature shows that oxidation is the cause of disease. But the whole point is the location, the concentration, the duration, the distribution of oxidized biomolecules determines 100% of all diseases. 
And so that's why I say oxidative stress doesn't cause disease. Oxidation is disease. Is disease. If there's no oxidized biomolecules, you don't have a toxin. The toxic effect is oxidation of biomolecules. That's the entirety of it. And by the grace of God, several months ago, George Wiseman said this about hydrogen. Hydrogen is the world's best antioxidant by a long shot. Hmm. First of all, it's 700 times uh, smaller than something like uh, CoQ10, 400 times smaller than vitamin C, things like that. So it can literally go, the hydrogen molecule can literally go through everything in your body and go right into the very DNA and repair it. So now it makes sense why George was able to say this back in August 2019 with such conviction. The body accepts that gas and uses it to heal everything. It's like the fountain of youth. It's a astonishing the amount of ailments in fact in scientific studies and they have over a thousand scientific studies now they are showing that it either helps the body heal directly or indirectly from virtually every ailment that ails any water-based life form okay i'm sold and i was able to get one a couple of months ago thanks to your support it's called the aquacure hydrogen machine breathe the gas and bubble the water there's a promo code one radio for 10 percent discount i think a great investment for you knowing what we know now on OneRadioNetwork.com. Uh, a commercial is a bit of ancient. Uh, two years ago, I've had mine for two years. And this is a lifetime warranty, a one-year, no-questions-asked-money-back warranty. So you have it for 10 months. You say, man, that Patrick's crazy. This thing doesn't do anything. I don't feel... You just send it back. George will give you your money back. It's uh, He's a good guy. This is a wonderful machine. I've been breathing the gas for... Brown's gas for two years. I feel better than ever. I have 75 Christmases under my belt, and I'm doing pretty good. Uh, I don't even believe that. Well, don't get me started with the aging thing. Anyway, just use promo code One Radio on OneRadioNetwork.com, and uh, we'll hook you up. From the Hill Country in Texas, this is OneRadioNetwork.com. We're talking with a nice gentleman who's, uh, I love to talk history stuff with people really a look at this with Andrew Shaitkin. His book is called Who We Are. Thanks for coming on the show, sir. Really appreciate it. So let me ask you this. So this idea of a state of consciousness with humans of just letting people alone. I think you you write that George Washington actually said, didn't he say something, uh, Mr. Shaitkin, about leave, leave Europe alone, we'll trade with them, but they're just a land of eternal war you know, let's not mess with these people. Something like that. Not very eloquent. But this is a spiritual issue, really, isn't it? I mean, it's a deep spiritual issue that you and I, our children, our brothers and sisters, can look at a Putin or she or whoever and say, okay, just let them alone. It's not our business, right? I mean, is this close to where we're going? And what are we doing here? I mean... We're not going to change the. We're not going to change the next new president. I mean, I I, I would go a little bit farther than okay. that. Okay, because like Lincoln said that these the the problem is the lack of sympathy. Yes, sir. With other with strangers, yeah. People like those that they know better than those they don't know. So, how about trying to see the world through their eyes? Let's look at China. 
they uh, were subject to the British Empire for many, many, you know, for a long time. England had two wars against them in the 19th century to force them to take opium and bombed their cities and burned their people to death. And they took Hong Kong as a prize hmm. in the second opium war. At our best, Abraham Lincoln sent a, an ambassador to China in 18, during the Civil War, Burlingame, who made a treaty saying, we recognize China's right to have sovereignty, not imperial interference like that. Uh, so, in, in the, when they started their own uh, system after getting rid of their emperor in, in the be early years of the 20th century, their uh, first president of the Chinese Republic was Sun Yat-sen, and he was a follower of Lincoln. He believed in doing what Lincoln did, building transcontinental railroads, <laughs> building up the power of, of China as a modern country, not subject to imperial control. Remember, China is the oldest country in the world with great, great accomplishments in their past. And so now they have made themselves into an economic superpower. And they look at themselves with a great deal of pride in the idea that they are helping mankind to develop. They're building railroads in Africa. They're building everything. And they have invited the United States to work with them. Why don't you look at the world through their eyes just for a minute? See what they see. They, the best of them, look at America with a great puzzled uh, wonderment at what happened to America. America used to be the country that the whole world saw as a blessing. Now, about, what about Russia? Russia was our ally in the American Revolution. They, they set up all the other countries in Europe, most of them, to defy the British Empire and allow, allow them to trade with anybody. So they were basically on our side in the revolution. They sent their fleet here during the Civil War to protect the Union. They were in San Francisco and, 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 uh, and New York harbors. They were Lincoln's allies. And they took our idea of the Transcontinental Railroad, and we helped them build that, hmm. the Trans-Siberian Railroad, after we did it. Hmm. It was done with American locomotives. Uh, and the Tsar of Russia freed their slaves, called serfs, 20 million, around the same time that uh, Lincoln was, was elected. So... This is a, and then we were on their side in World War II. Now that then when they had a communist leader, Stalin, and FDR, who did not agree with communism, made an alliance with Russia and other countries, but Russia was a, was a, was a terrific ally to hold off the power of the British Empire and the globalists. So he's trying to balance things in the world so that the United States and other countries could thrive. Hmm. Why should we be at odds with Russia after they got rid of communism? They're not trying to conquer the world. They're not trying to conquer anybody. We've never been in a war with Russia. We've been in a Cold War. But look at it, look at it through their eyes. Yes, Why is the United States hostile to Russia?
What did Putin do that should make us hostile to him? We are trying to stop Russia from providing natural gas to Europe. Yes, sir. That's a big deal, right? We've got sanctions on them for that. Yeah. What's the point of that? Do we want to freeze the people in Europe? Are we punishing Russia for doing good to Europe? There is no sense whatsoever. The United States has sanctions on, I would say, most of the world, different country after country in Africa, in the Middle East and everywhere in, in Iran. They're baffled by the United States. They have a government that's a bunch of, uh, you know, religious conservative Muslims. And there are many people in Iran that don't like that. We drive the people into the arms of that leadership by attacking Iran, by constantly putting sanctions on them, by bullying them. Well, this is what the globalists want, right? This is what they want. They want chaos. Extremes. Extremes. Yeah. Chaos. This is what they want. It's chaos. Whoa. That's right. It's chaos. And, and this idea of, are these globalists that much of a psychopath nature, Mr. Shaken, that, that they could actually get on the verge of lobbying nuclear war? I mean, are they that crazy? Nuclear, I mean... Yeah, but I would look, again, I would look at it somewhat differently. All First right. of all, just everybody that believes in globalism is not equally driving a world war. Okay. You have a, you have a very strong set of people that are interested in just driving war as far as they can, even to the point of, of near nuclear war, they think. The neocons in this country right. and other people. Yeah. yeah. And other people who look at this, even if you don't hear them now, as being dangerous. And in, in, in particular, since the United States could not defeat Russia in a war. Think about that. Russia and China both have hypersonic missiles. The United States is scrambling to catch up with them. We do have thousands of H-bombs and nuclear weapons. So does Russia. China has fewer. But their military capabilities are outstripping ours. Yes, sir. Now, we have such a gigantic investment going on of paying private companies and private military outfit intelligence networks and this is what Eisenhower called the military industrial complex to build itself up as like a, 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 a an alternate world empire who's ser who is serving what if we can't defend ourselves if we have a lesser military capability than Russia certainly than Russia and China combined, such that we would threaten to blow up ourselves and them in a nuclear war. And even there, you can't be guaranteed that they wouldn't come out of it. And we wouldn't. You can't guarantee that. So why not look at the ones that are pushing this propaganda for war as being dangerous to the public safety sure of course as being as being as being uh, uh people that uh have to be relieved of their 
uh, of their uh, tenure outside of a mental institution. Yes. That's the way it has to be thought of. And, you know, Gabby, what's her name? Uh, Tulsi Gabbard. Yeah, she's a... She's a uh, uh, spunky on this. Aunt, yeah, she is. I think she's pretty cool, you know. Tucker Carlson talks about some of these things. Yeah. But, but then you get into this... Democratic... Drop it. Just drop it. Concentrate on the most essential things that we are being led into a horror of war from which there will be no return for the United States as a country yeah. or, or maybe for our whole civilization. President we contributed so much to building up the civilization of the world. Now, many of your listeners and many more of the population don't believe in civilization at all. That's a problem. They would rather live in a cabin in Montana than in a city because the cities aren't so good. They would rather live in a small town than in a nation because the nation's not so good. They would rather than their kids don't go to school because the schools aren't so good. Yes. They would rather, right? You, you get, see where I'm getting to? Yes, sir, I know. Yeah. But schools are a good idea. Well, I Cities mean, if they teach real idea. stuff, it's a good Nations idea. Nations are a good real idea. Real history, but, you know, they, they don't teach real history in schools, Mr. Shakin. You know. I know, but well, I'm trying to give you, a, there's a paradox, there's, a, there's a, an irony here. There's, a, there's something that people have to grasp this. People are willing in the United States to give up civilization. They don't value what China is doing, for I example, build high-speed trains. We have virtually no trains in the United States. Why not? Don't tell me, oh, I like my car. That's not, a, that's not something different. Why don't you have your car and have a train? <laughs> is that so bad? Is that so wrong? Is that such a far-fetched idea? We used to have both, didn't we? Yes, sir, we did. He still had trains when Henry Ford developed the car. He did indeed. Right? So don't give up civilization because you see what happened to it. Get it back. Go on with the space program. Don't invent some baloney about the U.S. never went to the moon. Come on. Don't be just a jerk. Being a jerk is not going to save you. Well, okay, I won't go to the moon thing, but they, we never went, so you, you know, this never happened. But let me say, and China's part of that. Oh, I don't is know. Is China part of that? All I know is we never went is to India the moon. Is India part of that? They, they've got their, they've got stuff around Mars right now. India yeah. and China yeah. both. Okay, Let, let's get away from that for a second because right. I, we'll, we're just going to disagree on that. That that's illustrates the point. Yeah, I'm and, making. Yeah. So you know, there's some interesting things going on. And I'd like to get your take because you're. Or big picture guy, sir. Uh, yeah. The media. I mean, think about what's going on just in the last few months. This Joe Rogan thing. Uh, Zucker, CNN guy, is resigning today. Do you see that? He's he's out. He's oh, got. What's that about? Yeah. Oh, it's about some. Uh, you know, me too. Uh, whatever. Uh, women. You know. Oh, yeah. 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 And they just kicked uh, Whoopi Goldberg off of her show because she said something about the. Uh, uh, Holocaust wasn't about racism. I mean, and now uh, the 
president's press secretary is saying today that they should stop Joe Rogan from questioning the efficacy of these vaccines. I mean, it's getting pretty strange out there in the world of, of media, which I've been involved in 50 years. So, I, you know, maybe some good things are, are falling apart to come back together. I don't know. Maybe, but in each case, instead of encouraging a discussion to uh, to to try to find how you could restore trust in authority. What's authority based on? What is somebody's authority based on? Trust. It's based on a proven record of accomplishment for the general good. Now, we used to have a lot of respect for medical science based on tremendous accomplishments. For example, the idea that there are germs that you can't see and developing a whole correct, proven correct theory about this whole realm in biology of, of microscopic creatures and what to do about that and how you could have benefits and protection. So we also had vaccines, starting with inoculation against smallpox, proven track record. Now you get into a period uh, in, in this last half century when people have lost trust in the government and in authorities connected to power because they lie all the time about very important things. Everything they lie about. They can't blame people, even if the people are wrong in what they're saying. They can't blame them for not trusting those authorities because they lie all the time first of all and second of all because our life is is not what it, as good as it was when i was growing up and this is not science fiction <laughs> you could get a job and for your salary working 40 hours in a week you could have a house and a car and take care of your family i remember it as well in the 70s, 60s, You know, and 70s. you could also yeah. go and do things on some frontier, like go up to Alaska and build something, right. get $1,000 a month and put it in the bank. That's not science fiction. That, that generates trust in the government. Lincoln got trust in the government during the Civil War, not just because he was fighting for an abstract idea, but because he was taking measures for the public benefit. We built free state colleges. We built a huge transcontinental railroad. We built up steel mills for the first time because of the, 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 the policy of the country. So there was a lot of excitement and, and enthusiasm for our government because it was seen as our government. It was for us. Why should people trust a government if they're simply being sent to war or to die in some mysterious plague and the government and the country has get, put medicine over the past 30, 40 years into the hands of financiers who are not even interested in it. Well, this is why people are going to the woods because so many people don't think this thing's ever going to get fixed. You know, they're just, they're done with it, right? Well, I want them to help me. Okay. <laughs> On a limited scale. All you need to do is take that article that I sent you. Right. Uh, a U.S. betrays its 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 heritage by threatening World War III against Russia and China. Take that article 
and give you know you can give a link on your website people should get that posted everywhere and they should get in touch with me you can put my 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 email info at antonchakin.com we will all right and and help me do this help me uh throw a clinker into this insanity uh i i am an american patriot uh and so i i want respect for the united states of america the current leadership of the united states does not uh does not uh even seek that respect no it does not so that's and that's not just coming from biden this is a long-term thing uh, going going back quite a way so that we need to earn the respect of the world and we're not going to do that by bullying somebody when we're weak we we're going to do that by providing for our own people a a good standard of living and restoring the power of our people as skilled people as valued labor as as valued family leaders uh and th- so that people will not seek to divorce themselves from civilization you don't have to go live in the woods if the country has the respect of its people you should be able to go live in the woods or go if and you visit want. the yeah, woods nowhere. if you want right you want. but you shouldn't have to go and flee from your homeland but this right? this idea of a government a president or whatever to mandate that you've got to do something that many people are very concerned with, like vaccines and all that. I mean, this is really strange stuff. I mean, it's really strange. It's a trust issue. Even if the vaccines were effective. They're not. Even if, we're, even if they were, even if masks I don't think anybody says a cloth mask is that effective or whatever these paper things. I don't even know. But but even if they were effective, the way that you would uh, be able to get public approval and cooperation would be by being honest and straightforward about the the issues and the and the concerns that people have instead of demonizing demonizing people that say i don't trust them uh here's uh, you know that one of these guys is is uh, robert kennedy jr yes sir right he mm-hmm. published a book about this and i don't know that i would agree with what he says i don't know that i would agree with some of the things that he says about environmentalism but look at who he is start with that robert f kennedy was murdered along with his brother and along with Martin Luther King. All three of those men challenged the Anglo-American globalists. Yes, they did. Who were taking the United States to hell. And all three of those men, in my view, were American patriots. Yes, sir. Uh, From different standpoints. They had different concerns. Uh, So... uh, Start with that about this this uh, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. and what he says, and look at whether Americans. He, by the way, said, "Let's let's look at the murder of the, of of Bobby." 
and uh, I guess of John as well, right? So start with that. Start with having an open and honest discussion where you, you meet people's concerns in a public, in a calm and reasoned manner. That's what I'm asking for. I think I understand. Right? Where does that happen? Where do you do that? Shows not going to be happening on the mainstream media, right? It's not going to happen. Well, it happens, and sometimes it happens in the pages of a book. If you read oh, a book, of course. <laughs> take, the time, take the time to uh, concentrate and focus. Oops. Your attention, certain kind of a liberation instead of just responding to the latest soundbite. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, I heard this. Did you hear this? Oh, can't, haven't got time to get too deeply into this because got to respond. That's madness. Yeah, that's, Total madness. That's, that's what's going on today, and that's why it's such, such a challenge. Well, you're very interesting uh, to talk to. Um, in your opinion, before we go, where do you think the people controlling Biden are going to go with this whole NATO thing in Ukraine and, and Russia? I think I saw where they're sending 8,000 troops over there uh, from NATO. This is not going to end well. I mean, Putin, he wants to take Ukraine back, doesn't he? I mean, he wants... No. He doesn't? No, No, he wants to have... It's very simple to consider this. If Russia sent uh, troops and uh, missiles into Mexico and into Canada and offshore... What would be our response? That's what we've done with Russia. It's as simple as that. Russia, they say Russia is massing troops on Ukraine's border. Wait a minute. That's a pretty silly way to put it. Russia is massing troops in Russia. On their border. They're in Russia. They're in Russia. They're not massing troops anywhere but in Russia. They're in their own country. Yes. Does anybody understand that here? Yeah. To say that they're about to invade Ukraine, would you like to try to force them to invade Ukraine by stationing foreign troops and missiles and and tank battalions and so in uh, all around their borders after you promised when they said the Soviet Union's going to collapse now, we promised not to take advantage of that by moving Troops right to the border of Russia. The United States promised James Baker Russia that. promised yeah. Gorbachev that. Gorbachev, yes. yes, sir. In 1991. Yes, sir. That was when the Berlin, after the Berlin Wall fell. And Germany was going to be reunified. So the Russians had stationed troops outside of Russia in Eastern Europe under the communist system. So, so now that, was, that fell apart. And we said, look, let's have a normal world where each country just has its own does its own business and we could all be friends. So the statement that I made a few but minutes ago now we said no. Yeah, ago yeah. is is incorrect in your opinion. Putin does not need to take Ukraine back into his 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 uh, control in your opinion. He just insists that the United States has taken an England working together as a unit. We gave up our sovereignty. Now it's Anglo-America. All right. Uh, that the United States and Britain have invaded country after country, 
overthrown co- governments, sparked phony revolutions, yes, sir. like in Libya and other places, killed leaders. The latest one, after we did Iraq and Libya and, and, and all these other things, was Syria. Syria. The United States goes sends uh, uh, fighters, including Al-Qaeda. We're working with Al-Qaeda that attacked us on 9-11. So the Russians say, you're trying to overthrow the, the government of Syria. You're starting a war inside Syria. You're backing a war against the president of a nearby country to us. We decide that this process of you making war after war closer and closer to us has to be stopped. That's precisely what they what was said about Hitler during uh, the build up to World War II. Hitler invaded country after country, and and people who were, who had an idea of sense said this has to stop because it's going to get all of us. The United States has been doing that recently, war after war, closer and closer to Russia. What do you expect them to think? Yeah. So they drew a line in Syria. They were invited into Syria by the government of Syria. We were not. We just went in. Now, in Ukraine, in 2014, I think it was, the United States and Britain overthrew the government of, of Ukraine that was friendly to Russia and put in a hostile regime staffed by people that were a large element were Nazis in World War II. And they are the government of Ukraine. And now we're talking about having them be part of a military alliance on Russia's border. What would you do yeah, if this situation was reversed? Why wouldn't Putin be nervous? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's on I, record. There, there's a tape of Victoria Newland, you know, back in what? And she said they were picking the Ukraine. Yeah, they were picking the Ukrainian dude and they just picked him. Yeah. That's right. Well, so, so so in your experience, or since you're a historian, it's always been interesting to me that Russia has never been aggressive going out there like the United States, of course, of England. But did, wasn't Russia really pretty aggressive in Afghanistan years ago where they went in there going after their stuff? Or is that yeah. misinformation? Yes. And I think it's not true that they've never been aggressive. They were aggressive to expand the Russian Empire uh, back in the... 1700s and way back back then they were they went in down into the muslim areas they expanded they exerted their power over poland yes sir so they were aggressive in that way they had some aggressive designs in in east asia uh nothing like the british empire the british (laughs) feared them uh you know in an unfair way the russians were hardly the aggressor that the british were Mm -hmm. but but uh in afghanistan it was similar to the present situation whether they had the right to do it or not they they wanted to stop muslim uh what they viewed as muslim extremism in afghanistan and they wanted to exert the power of the soviet union over a country nearby them for the for the protection of their interests Hmm. they did the same thing in eastern europe earlier right after world war ii it didn't need to turn out that way, by the way. The whole Cold War needn't have happened, in my view, but that's another discussion. Sure. But in Afghanistan, they did that, and it did not turn out well for them. Then the United States did something which was not in our interests at all. We uh, hired people who are essentially 
terrorists to fight the Russians. That's, oh, what could possibly go wrong? <laughs> not a good idea. Hmm. Why not have a, an agreement between the United States and Russia and China and India and Germany and all the other countries around there to build up Afghanistan into a modern country that does not grow opium and produce heroin? that actually has jobs for people, that has industries, that has a space program, that has high-speed trains and modern cities. They used to be, they are wonderful people. They have a history. They invented chess and things like that. You know, Muslims invented the uh, algebra and things like that. They, were, they brought the Renaissance into Europe. Why not celebrate these countries by building them up? If the United States and Russia and China and Germany and all these big countries work together, then we could solve almost any problem sure, in the world, sure. including terrorism. Who would join some stupid group trying to destroy civilization like ISIS if the big countries were banded together to build high-speed trains and do the space program and to do real science to solve problems. But I guess it's easy to understand how Russia, China, Iran, and the whole Silk Road and maybe India, that they're getting together and they're, you know, they're going to be beginning to trade oil and rubles and yuan and everything, and they're getting out of their SWIFT system, right? They're getting out of the whole dollar system. Well, They've been working on that for years. I mean, you can understand why they're doing it. Why, why they yeah, doing? you can understand it, but you know, Russia and China both have globalist problems inside their countries. Oh, China they, want, has, they want to do the same thing? Yeah. Well, there are people in there that are, are not with this program of let's help everybody help right. everybody, right? Yeah. They, they, these are people who believe in, in globalism in, inside Russia and inside China, particularly in Russia. Uh, these are people that were inserted there after the Cold War. And they are what you call oligarchs. Uh, some of them run soccer teams in England or whatever, and they, <laughs> they, they take raw materials right. and sell them, on, you know, and all this stuff. So, do you think they're opposing Putin? Do you think Putin is against these guys, or Putin? I think that opinion? Putin has a better idea about what to do mm -hmm. that's positive than other people do in Russia. And I think people have confidence in him for that reason. Other yeah. people are, are afraid of him and afraid of having authoritarian government. The best thing you can do to get over having governments that are too powerful is to have a confidence established and trust established between countries. Who kept Castro in power in Cuba? Well, the United States did, obviously, by attacking Cuba all the time. People naturally will def defend their leadership if they're being attacked by some outside aggressor. They're going to rally around people even if they don't like them. It's the same thing in Iran. The, you, we build up dictatorships and other governments that are too powerful by having all this goddamn hostility when it's not called for if we want to defend our interests, let's start by actually pursuing our interests in building up the United States of America. We need infrastructure. We need the industry. We need to convince people, including your own readers and, and our viewers, mm -hmm. that modern industry 
and powers over nature like the space program and other and, and like vaccines and like medicine you have to convince people that these are for their benefit you have to have accomplishment you have to have building of beautiful cities and beautiful some, something that actually works right now no political leader in the united states is telling the truth for example about the infrastructure yeah. the fact is that the united states is so dangerously far behind other countries in basic infrastructure hmm. and some of these fools are talking about well if we only had a 5g network that we could transmit this and that over the internet then we're we're ahead of the world and you can't get from here to 20 miles away uh, without, you know, trying to step around a tractor trailer that's overturned and spilled something on the road. Uh, before we go, and I have to run because I have another interview. Um, I wanted to ask you about energy, such a big deal. I mean, this gas pipeline with Putin into Europe, and that's got a lot of play in it, you know, that the United States wants to sell uh, Europe their gas and all that. But big picture, do you think, sir, that um, nuclear energy is safe enough to get into what do you what do you think if you were really talking to people about energy what would you advise i was just having a wonderful discussion with a uh a, a leader of a, a, a peace organization who uh -huh. wants to abolish nuclear weapons uh it's called abolition 2000 and they're, they're they have a press agency presenza that hmm. published my appeal about the war danger and this guy's named Tony Robinson. He's a wonderful man and very knowledgeable. And that he agrees with a lot of that I say, but he doesn't agree with my praise of nuclear power, nuclear mm. energy. Mm. And we had a pretty good discussion. He he thinks that nuclear energy was is, is was power plants were built uh, for the sole reason of developing the fuel for nuclear weapons. I don't think that's true. And I think that in order to consider this and to consider the whole question of clean energy and coal and uh, all the other forms of energy available to us, you have to start somewhere else. You have to start with the idea, how much energy of different kinds do we need? Yes, sir. How much is needed to improve the basic living standards of the population? When you start addressing that, and you talk about how much you need on the grid, how much electric energy, for example, you need on the grid, yes. and other forms of energy you need for processing and industry, you need hot fuels for that. Then, then you're going to say, well, is you're going to ask the question: Are the passive energy forms like solar and windmills, or geothermal, whatever, are they adequate? To, to take care of that vast need for energy. One curious again is a hostility to the human race. People will say, well, the problem, they would, they would counter what I'm saying. Don't start with what people need. Start with the fact that there are too many people. Get rid of the people. <laughs> then you won't need to use up so much of that precious energy. If you've studied the universe, you'd find out that in energy is infinite. 
that the universe is all basically energy. And so uh, it, we bring new resources into action uh, by our science. We understand what God did to make the universe but by, by doing this, the inquiry into natural science. So start with, you have to start somewhere. And the moral, the moral idea that you have to start with is that preserving human life and, the, and valuing human beings, including new human beings and new countries and new starts for something good, you know, new ideas, all these things is worth preserving. That's what civilization is all about, that kind of value on human beings. If you start with that, then you ask the question, how much energy do we need of different types? If a nuclear plant produces a certain number of megawatts of electricity, how many megawatts does that city need? Does the whole country need? How about in poor areas? You may need even more than the normal amount of energy to build up modern new industries and new cities. You might have to build other things like dams and canals and pipelines for water. You might have to use coal and natural gas and petroleum for fuels, for energy, even if you phase them out over time. Uh, so, but you have to start by analyzing how much is needed for the maintenance and progress of human needs. It's my view, and I think it's an expert, really a real expert view, that passive energy force forms will not be enough to keep the human race even alive. Or oh, the solar and wind and all that. That's what people are saying. Yeah, yeah. I think that they have great value. Those things have great value. I think solar energy is a great invention. I think windmills are a pretty old invention, and they really serve their purpose in their time. But you have to analyze these things against how much it costs in terms of labor, in terms of materials and so forth, to produce them, but mostly in terms of what we need. If you need, you know, thousands of megawatts worth of energy and some of it really hot, intense energy, like for a steel mill, can you get that without nuclear power? Can you get that in the future without fusion power? Can you get that by eliminating coal and oil now? I don't think so. Uh, is that a problem? Yes, it is a problem. These things are too expensive. Why? One reason they're so expensive is that we haven't developed industrial, uh, you know, new, new innovations in industry. We used to make steel cheaper and cheaper each year by bringing the latest new inventions into the process of making it. And we had a more and more skilled labor force. Today, how much of our, of our population is a skilled worker? Not a very high percentage. No. You might say they're skilled in something else. They may, uh, may be a skilled liar, you know. <laughs> they're a sociologist who lies for either for a corporation or for the government about something so that people can be taken advantage of. That's not a that's not a skilled labor. That's just a liar. <laughs> that's that's a liar. It's like saying that a, it's like saying, well, we need it. We need profit is good. A profit economy is good. So uh, any profit is just like any other profit, right? A pirate make, is a good profit maker because he 
he invests a thousand to build a ship and he makes a million by stealing other people's property. So he has a, a profit of one million minus a thousand. That's not true. He didn't make any profit. There's not profit. He just stole stuff. That's not profit is when you produce more than you consume. Well, it's like governments. They don't produce anything, right? They just... Well, that's right. That's why money. you don't want to have a massive government, which is bureaucracy, right? I have to run here. It's really fun talking to you. Thanks for being here. Your book is called Who We Are, right? Who We Are. You can order it from bookstores, all the regular fun bookstores also. Amazon. Amazon. The way, right? That's yeah. the quickest way. Anton Shaken, and it's Who We Are. How many books do you have under your belt, sir, now? Uh, well, just those three. Just those three. Uh, Reason in America, George Bush, The Unauthorized Biography, and and this one. I, I wrote the, the first volume of Who We Are, America's Fight for Universal Progress from Franklin to Kennedy. First volume was published 2020. I'm working on volume two. Probably there'll be three volumes. Wow. I love the volume line of uh, Franklin. Yep. Was it true that it, he came out of the convention there and somebody said, what kind of government have you given us? And Franklin said, a republic, if you can keep it. And that's right. We didn't keep it, did we? <laughs> well, that's not over. it's not over till the fat lady says. <laughs> it's not over till it's over. Mr. Shaken, thank you. Right. Thank you for being here. It's an honor, sir. Thanks for coming on thank the show. You. Really enjoyed it. Thank you. Patrick Timpone, OneRadioNetwork.com. Andrew Shaken, it's not over till it's over. That's a, that is a great line. That's a true, that's a true uh, line, too. He said, what kind of government have you given us? And Franklin said, a republic. If you can keep it, we do have a constitutional republic. And, um, oh, the old politicians, they've turned it into a democracy. And you know what a democracy is? What's, who knows? Democracy is three wolves and two chickens voting on what's for dinner. That's what a democracy is. And that's why politicians always talk about democracy because they feel like they, you, this, I'm not telling you something you don't know. They feel like they can promise people stuff so that the more votes and then you get enough people and then they give you stuff and then majority rules and then you bring in people from Mexico and we can win and then that's a democracy. So if your kids are going to public schools, uh, you might want to do a homeschooling thing so you can teach them what a constitutional republic is. I hope you enjoyed the show. I enjoyed talking to him. He's fun. He's, I like thinkers, critical thinkers, thinking about stuff, thinking about stuff. We are going to take a little break here. I'll take tomorrow, Thursday off on the on the 3rd of February. Today is Groundhog Day. Punxsutawney, what's-his-face, evidently decided that we're going to have more winter. I mean, believing a rodent on predicting the weather probably just as accurate as believing some dude in a suit on television. I mean, hey. I love you all very much. Thank you. Uh, appreciate it. Take care of yourself. We will see you th Friday. We're going to have a lot to talk about. Three hours of fun-filled Fridays on OneRadioNetwork.com. Thanks for your support. Take care of yourself, and may the blessings be. From the Hill Country in Texas, this is OneRadioNetwork.com.